Maybe she's the one in a million who actually knew what she was getting into. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review to help others find this amazing podcast. Lori, what do you have for us today? I'm not telling you, David. (laughs) Today, we have Susan. Susan is very, very blessed to have to deal with two bio moms. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. One of which is a high-conflict bio mom. I think that Susan may actually be one of the few that knew what she was getting herself into. Now, before you say anything, David, you know that that is a trigger for a lot of stepmoms to say, you knew what you were getting into, Mm -hmm. or you knew what you signed up for. She may really have. Mm -hmm. Susan may be the one in a million, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I did mention it (laughs) during the recording, (laughs) during the interview with her, yeah, because uh, we made a comment about that, about you know maybe one in a million actually can say that. And she's one of them. So it's kind of interesting that she actually knew. But tell everybody why she knew. I was going to leave that part out. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to it. Yeah, you have to listen to find out why she knew yep. what she was getting into. That's a great, great one. All right, well, cool. Well, let's get into it then. Let's do it. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Welcome, Susan, to the podcast. Hey, Susan. How are y'all? Doing well, doing well. She said y'all. I love it. I know. <laughs> so our, uh, we won't ask your specific location, but are you in the South? I am. I am. There yeah. we go. Awesome. <laughs> we can Southern this thing up right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about your blend, your history, you know, um, how long you've been together, how many kids, blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, we've been married to be two years, July 4th this year. We dated for about a year and a half, almost two years uh, before we got married. So we've been together close to four years now. Um, I have a well, just one son with my ex-husband. He is almost 20, be 20 next month. He's actually in the next room over here, coughing and sneezing and all sickly. And then I have an 18-year-old stepson and a 16-year-old stepdaughter by my husband's first wife. And then I have a nine-year-old stepson and a seven-year-old stepdaughter by his second wife. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Now, see, this is interesting. I think you're the first one. That we've had on the podcast that deals with more than one BM, as we call them, yeah. bio mom, not what y'all thinking. Mom. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So that adds another um, aspect to the blend. Yes. Yes, it does. We don't really deal with the first mom very much. She rears up every now and then and does some things that, that get on his nerves, but they live overseas. Her um, husband is a civilian contractor for the Department of Defense. So they actually, you know, we, we just don't ever see her. 
Now we get the kids um, throughout the summer and actually SS 18 is going to move here this summer to start college here. He's done uh, a year there overseas and wants to move here with us. So we're going to have two adult teenage boys in the house. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. So the stepson that's moving, the stepson that's moving in with you has never lived with y'all full time. No, he has not just, just throughout the summers and some holidays and things like that. So it could be interesting. Yes, it could be. Yes. He's a great kid. He's very, very laid back, very easygoing, very intelligent. He and I pick on each other just relentlessly, but in, in all fun and games. And um, so we're hoping we'll, we'll keep that, that status going. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, David's got triplets and then an older son and one of the triplets. That's how we bonded. I mean, we constantly pick on each other. Yes. You know, it's, it's the fun part of it. It is. It is. Yeah. Now, what about uh, Bio Mom 2? Woo! She is definitely... <laughs> That's all you got to say. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she is definitely a struggle in, in this in this situation. So. Yeah. Do you deal with her or do you let him deal with her? I don't deal with her at all. Smart lady. That's the best thing to do. Yeah, it is. She knows that I am a paralegal by career, but yet still tries to argue law with him. And it's actually quite hilarious. And I just kind of sit back and, and listen to some of the stuff that he tells me she does. Occasionally, he'll show me texts and emails that she sends. And it's actually quite comical. But no, I, I'm not going to deal with her at all. Just no need for me to. Yeah. What's the stepkids visitation schedule with the younger kids that aren't overseas? It's the same now because the younger kids live uh, a couple of states away. Um, that happened a little over a year ago. So we went from every other weekend to the long stretch during the summer and then long holiday weeks and also spring and fall break. Um, so we, we have the, the, the littles, as I call the littles and the bigs. We had them both. <laughs> all summer long. Uh, and then we had the littles a couple of more times throughout the year. We actually just had them about two weeks ago for spring break. Now, how is it with not having them throughout the year normally, or even like every other weekend? So you don't have almost like a consistent schedule, but then all of a sudden during the summer, they're there all the time. There's some challenges in the beginning because it, it the, the older ones, it doesn't phase them at all. You know, they, they pop from over there to over here and they love it here. And we, we don't have any transition issues with the little ones. We do a little bit, you know, in the beginning, it's uh, getting used to our house rules again, as opposed to the non-existent rules that they have at their mothers. DH is great. I mean, he is, he's a fantastic dad. They respect him. They come to him for everything. So it doesn't really take that long for them to kind of settle back in. Um, and then we go through the period just right before they're about to return home of and then they don't want to go, you know, particularly SD seven. She, she's daddy's little girl and she starts to get a little emotional about having to leave her dad and go back to her mom, even though she really loves her mom. Um, but yeah, just kind of a beginning part and an end part, just a little bit of transition, but they're, they're very adaptable kids. Um, right. Resilient. And, uh, you know, I, I have to give my husband props because like I said, he is a great dad and these kids don't, don't come to me for anything that they need that they don't want to come to me for. 
because right. he takes care of everything. So do you pretty much nacho them? I do. You know, they know I'm here if they need anything. And there are some things that, that they've they've kind of become accustomed to wanting to come to me about. For instance, um, SD7, if it has anything girly related to it, she wants to come to me, you know. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really discipline them at all. You know, I'm just here for their, their health and their safety and, you know, their overall well-being. But all of that's on him. Those are his kids. I pretty well nacho all that and just leave it to him. You started off that way. I did. did. You you know my story. I didn't. (laughs) Well, I had mentioned that I had come from divorce and I had a stepmom that overstepped her bounds. And then I had a stepmom that really just kind of laid back and sort of gave me the opportunity to step in and, and develop a relationship with her on my terms. And so having that experience as a child is probably what brought me into thinking I don't need to try to be something that I'm not. I need to let these kids come to me and let them set the the basis for how our relationship is going to go. So, so that's probably more than anything why I did that because I knew coming into this that kids can either accept it or completely not accept it or kind of go through a, a phase of both. Well, that's good that you had that experience and didn't jump in and have to go through the struggles that we did. Maybe she's the one in a million who actually knew what she was getting into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and on top of being a child of divorce and having, having stepmoms, I've also been a paralegal for 17 years. So I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of what happens when particularly step parents become entirely too involved in custody related matters and, and, we have to sit them down and say, you might be part of the problem, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just, just really ugly divorce situations where somebody new comes in and the kids just completely revolt. So yeah, I did know exactly what I was coming into. Oh Lord, <laughs> you are the first. I'm telling you, you know that that is a trigger for most stepmoms to hear, you knew what you were getting into because we're like, no, we didn't. Yes. And and knowing that I knew that, I, I do not use that with people. I don't because I know that I'm kind of that, you know, rare breed out there. So Definitely. And I'm thinking that I need to send you some Nacho Kids um, business cards, the Academy business cards <laughs> for your paralegal side. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. I'll take them. There you go. Start telling people, look, they are Nacho Kids. I know that's hard to understand, but these people can help you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Because if not... More than likely, you're going to see these people again when they're getting divorced. Yes. Maybe you should hand them out to the courthouse and uh, people who are doing the, the marriages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In one of the states, I live on the, the border of two states. And the state that I work in, they have parenting plans. And so in order to, to move forward in a divorce, you also have to do parenting classes. So, hey, send them on. I will send them to to all of the coordinators of these parenting classes and send y'all some business. <laughs> Choo-choo, girl. Help us help people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the Nacho Kids Academy to keep you together, and here's the law firm if you want to break away. <laughs> <laughs> so you have either option. We've got you covered, people. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> That's good. I bet you do see a lot being a paralegal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is, is I thought I had seen it all until – 
uh, BM2 came along, and even she surprised me with some of her shenanigans. Oh man, can you talk about any of that? Um, yeah, she's uh, she's extremely narcissistic, and I know that word gets gets thrown around a lot um, in in this type of, of forum uh, where we're talking about blending families and steps and and whatnot. But she she is a truly a classic case, um, and, and you know I'm no doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist, but there's a few other um, ology and is things that I think apply to her. (laughs) 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 She can go from railing on my husband to what a terrible dad he is and, and all of this to 30 minutes later, oh, look, here's pictures of the kids, you know, (laughs) and she's just like, Wow, boy, you move quick through those uh, multipolar stages. <laughs> <laughs> multipolar. <laughs> oh Lord, you just gave David a new phrase. <laughs> yeah, she, um, she's just, she's out there. She really is, and and her need for approval and attention is is very difficult to navigate through at times. Because when I first came into this. You know, my husband, he was arguing with her and he was trying to defend himself. And and I and I was finally able to convince him that you don't need to do that with her. One, you're not going to, quote unquote, win um, because there's no winning when you do that. Right. And two, you're not going to convince her of anything that you think or feel. Um, narcissists are emotional vampires. And when you take that source away from them, they have to go feed somewhere else. And so once he was able to just say, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into this with you and just completely gray rocker. It, it changed things for us. He was calmer. I was calmer. I didn't get upset necessarily because of the things she was saying and doing. I was getting upset at seeing him upset and him worked up over it. And you know, that's one thing a lot of, stepmoms particularly in the groups and everything that we see is even with if it's not the bio mom making the husband angry or the significant other angry and it upsets the stepmom because you know they don't like seeing their significant other upset then you know it's the kids I don't like seeing these kids or his kids disrespect him and da 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 but for lack of a better phrase is they have to man up. You can't defend them. How someone else allows other people to treat and make them feel is totally on them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't control what that person does to someone else. And you can't control what that someone else experiences or says or feels or thinks because of it. That's just out of your control and you have to let that go. I preach this all the time that you have to learn to control how it affects you. Right. You can be supportive to your husband or significant other, can understand where he's coming from or try to understand where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, you have no control over that. Your control is only on how you let it affect you. Exactly. Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with, um, we'll call them narcissist people, uh, oftentimes you find that when you argue with them about something, they they will take whatever the argument is and make sure they do, they either do it more or they do the opposite of it. So you, by fussing and fighting with them, you're actually making the problem worse. 
You are. You are. Like I said, you're feeling into their their emotional vampirism of needing to get your emotion and your reaction because they don't have their own without that. Mm -hmm. And the reason so, I bring that up is is because oftentimes a uh, the female in the relationship will get angry, like Lori was talking about. They get angry because, as she says, the man needs to man up. But you have to also make sure you understand that if you're if you're fighting with that person who has that type of personality, you understand that fighting with them and and quote unquote standing up against them means that they're going to continue doing the thing that you're fussing about or they're going to be even worse at it. So oftentimes it's best to not do anything and then to nacho them people. Yeah, it's right, exactly. You nacho them. And then because they don't have anything, like you said, they're, they're vampires, because they don't have anything to feed off of, then they just go away. And the problem goes away because they're not they're not getting you to, to get upset, so it's just not working. Right. Yeah, now I'm not labeling anybody when I talk about this, <laughs> but um, I had issues with my son's dad to where... You know, he would send me emails and, you know, just even seeing his name come up just made me mad or sick yeah. feeling, you know, just. And David and I have talked about this before. We would spend hours trying to figure out the best way to reply to the crap that the exes sent us. Right. And, and it was ridiculous. And I have to say, David really helped me um, with my issues with that, because I would, I would light back. I'd be just firing back and it didn't do any good because then he would reply and do something to make me mad again. Right. Right. You know, I would always talk to David before I replied and kind of get his input. And he really helped me with that. With his ex, it was kind of the same thing. He learned to do that too, to just reply with, okay, or don't reply at all. There's so much that you just don't need to reply to. They're just trying to bait you. And even, even after you begin to successfully gray rock a narcissist and the constant barrage of trying to get you involved seems to slack off, they will still continue to periodically try to try to pull you back in. Oh, well, I was able to, to feed off this person before. Let me see if that source is still there. And so you have to, you have to stay vigilant about not allowing yourself to, you know, drop your guard and think, Oh, well, you know, I can do this this one time because they will. They'll just, they'll go right back to where you were before. You're exactly right. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you spent half of your day being angry at somebody that doesn't care about you. They just want to make you mad and you let them do it. Exactly. And it would even affect mine and David's relationship. Even though, you know, we supported each other, he could tell me something that he received in an email or I could tell him something I received and we would both get mad. You yeah. know, because here's somebody that we love getting attacked by this other person. Sure. And we had to really not make that a focus. Just kind of deal with it. Shoot the email off. You know, reply what you need to reply to. Don't address the crap, for lack of a better word. Right. And just m move past it. Yeah. Address the meat of the conversation and leave the crazy alone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people do deal with narcissistic exes. Yeah. Or they might not even be labeled or fully narcissistic, but they just want to push their buttons. Right. And our advice to that is nacho as much as you can. Only answer the, what you have to. Yeah. Well, it, take, it takes two people to argue or communicate or whatever you want to call it. And so if you just don't participate in that communication, 
then it dies. There's no other way exactly. for it to happen. And that is one of the main reasons why I completely nacho bio mom too, because yeah. I saw early on her propensity to, to want to argue and to want to be the dominant in the personality uh, between us. And no, I, I don't, that that's totally unnecessary for me to even begin to engage in that. Though. Yeah. They're not my kids as, as much as I see that there's great potential for her behavior to affect the two younger ones moving forward and that that may in turn affect my relationship with them. I still have to acknowledge and accept the fact that she's their mother and I can't change that. The only thing I can do is work on the fallout from it. Yeah. We were talking with um, Ron Deal. He was on our podcast and Mm -hmm. he was telling, you know who Ron Deal is? Uh-huh. I was going to say, if you don't, girl, we got to talk. <laughs> but um, he said that even if the bio mom is deceased, you still have to respect that you are not their parent Absolutely. and they are not your kids. Absolutely. You're exactly yeah. right. I know a lot of people struggle with that because they think, well, it's different because the bio mom is not in the picture. Well, yeah, it is different because you're there more or they're with you more and you have more of an influence, but that doesn't automatically give you that parental right. Exactly. It's physically different, but it's not emotionally different. (laughs) Right. Right. And I would almost think that it would be um, in a way harder Mm -hmm. because that kid doesn't have that parent. And if you try to come in and be the parent, it's worse because they don't have those memories to keep making with that parent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, certainly. And, And depending on the circumstances as to why that parent is no longer in the picture, you know, was... Was the death a tragic accident? Was the, the death self-inflicted? What well, you know, all those different things, and those are questions that a child is going to have a lot of of issues with. And you want to be honest, but at the same time, you want to be cautious so as not to seem disparaging to that other parent. Because you know, it's it's like the judge in my parents' divorce told them, "Love your children more than you could possibly hate each other." Yes, and. Keep in mind that if you are disparaging the other parent, you to that child are disparaging half of them. So just don't do that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and certainly if there's a situation where a, where a bio parent is, uh, is out of the picture because of death, you still have to, like you said, acknowledge the fact that that parent regardless exists in that child's mind and in that child's heart. And you can't disregard that and leave it alone. Yeah. You you have to let your kids develop their own sense of reality when it comes to that. My own mother tried to disparage my dad and I had always been a daddy's girl. So at 10 years of age, I knew that the things that she was telling me were not correct. And she would even go to the extent of telling me that he was going to come pick me up this weekend, knowing that he wasn't so that I would get upset with him. That's horrible. The weekend would come and go and I would get in contact with my dad and say, you know, daddy, why didn't you come get me? And he would say, well, baby, I, you know, I wasn't supposed to come get you this weekend. Why did you think that? And so then I started putting two and two together and realizing that mom was trying to pull me away from him. And I was already pulled away from not only him geographically, I was also pulled away from my three older brothers geographically because they were old enough to decide to live with my dad. I wanted to live with dad. Don't get me wrong. I love my mother. Right. But you're a daddy's girl. I was a daddy's girl. 
I did not want to be separated from him. I did not want to be separated with my, from my brothers. So when I turned 12 and the judge said, you can decide, I decided. And it took my mom several years to realize that she was probably the one that pushed me to that the most. It took until I was probably in my late teens, early 20s for her to understand, oh, I did that. Right. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was disparaging her dad in an attempt to try to get her to love me more or want to be with me more. And it completely and utterly backfired on her. Yeah. Many kids though, that does work, that disparaging does make them even so much as, as hate that other parent. And then you're dealing with a whole new set of of circumstances when you become an adult and you realize, wow, I hated this, this parent for no reason because mom told me to or because dad told me to um yeah and, and, then, and then you've got the other dynamic of the kid that's torn between the two and it just messes them up even worse yeah my parents didn't get divorced until golly i was 30 something it was actually right before i got pregnant with my son and it was still hard you know yeah. and i remember my mom now i'm a daddy's girl too i mean i'm talking 100 percent daddy's girl like daddy I think I probably came out of the womb or whatever going, I love my ditty. Mm. And then my mama was like, I hate this child. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember talking to my mom after they had split up and she would want to share her hurt with me. Yes. And I had to tell her, I'm your daughter, not your friend. Right. You, you right. know, because all it did was make me want to talk to her less because yes. she was bashing my daddy. Yes. And, and I've always I've always heard this and, and I've actually seen it come to to light in dealing with divorce as long as I have. Divorce is oftentimes much harder on older children than it is on younger children. Younger children tend to adapt better into the situations that they're going forward. When you when you for instance, it was much more difficult on my teenage brothers than it was for me at ten. Okay. It was much harder on my son when his dad and I divorced because and he even conveyed to me, he said, Mom, he said, for the last fourteen years, this is all I've known. I wish that if you guys were going to do this, that you had done it when I was four instead of 14 so that I would have grown up in this so that I would have adjusted to this at an age where I was more adaptable. And that makes sense because younger children are more adaptable than older children. Right. As you age, you tend to get set in your ways. And we think about that with the older generation. But when you look at it, that process starts way earlier. It starts as they get into their teenage years and they start to realize what they like, and what they don't like and who they are and who they want to be and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so they get set in their ways and they also get set in the situation that you've placed them in. So it's much more difficult. And then you run into a situation like you were talking about with your mom is we tell our, our, we have to tell our parents something that we tell every other parent, be their parent, not their friend. And you have to turn around and tell your mom, be my parent, not my friend. Right. No, my son, uh, he never knew his dad and I together. I think it's easier for him not having parents that are together than it is like David's kids. You know, they were, what, seven? Seven, mm-hmm. seven, seven, and eight. Yeah. When you got divorced. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was hard on them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, my son, he's funny. I asked him one day about, because we always hear that kids always want their parents back together. 
And, you know, my son's comment was, uh, no, y'all don't get along. And I like having two birthdays and two Christmases. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and even, even with, with my two older stepkids, they've already been through this stepmom process with, with bio mom too. Um, so I think that probably helps our dynamic with one another is they've seen the bad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so they, they adapted at a very young age. They were, you know, seven, eight, seven, nine, somewhere right in there. Um, when my husband married, uh, bio mom too. So again, that adaptability of affected them at a much earlier age. So by the time I come along in their late teens, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're old hat at this. And it didn't, it didn't bother them that much. Now I'm curious because I didn't even think about that part of it, that you're the second stepmom mm -hmm. to these kids. Yeah. To the older two, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know why my brain just didn't think that until you said it, but was bio mom too, was she more engaged that you know of with disciplining them and all up in their business or? She was. She, was. she, she even still makes reference to, them being her stepchildren and that she helped raise them and they absolutely can't stand her. They want nothing <laughs> to do with her. Um, yeah, she very much overstepped her bounds uh, from the get go. Yeah. And, and, and even it was kind of funny, even the, the week that my husband and I got married and he was talking to bio mom one, she made this statement to him. I'm really glad that this one seems normal. <laughs> you know, you guys have been together now for almost two years and I can't say that I've had one single problem with her. That's awesome. As opposed to from day one, bio mom was trying to control everything um, you know, just, just all up in things that she really had no business in. And she even still tries to do that now. She, she reached out to, to bio mom one and my husband and said, you know, Hey, I want the, I want the kids to be able to Skype and, and, and see each other when they, when they aren't together geographically. Um, you know, do you think that would be okay? And, my husband asked my opinion. I said, well, you know, it has nothing to do with the kids. She's wanting that connection and communication with your two older kids. You do what you want, but that's just my opinion on it. And both bio mom one and my husband agreed to it. And lo and behold, that's exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to try to keep that relationship going. It didn't last long. You know, they just kind of shut it down like, yeah, no, we don't, you know, we don't want <laughs> Because, you know, we have a problem now and have had for some time with even though the parenting plan states that bio mom two is not to be involved in the conversations when 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 my husband is talking with his children, she's front and center. She's right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. In the past, he has said, you know, I would really appreciate you not doing that. And that honestly caused more problems. He just kind of ignores the fact that she's there now because saying something to her just gets her riled up and, you know, then causes problems with other things where there were no problems before. So when she started doing that with the older kids and being front and center, 
I said, guys, the best thing you can do is just not to be available for those phone calls. Yes, I know you want to talk to your younger brother and sister, but you, you have to know her motives are not what they seem. Right. They, oh, yeah. You know, we, we, we're completely used to that. So, um, you know, they, they took it for what it was worth and, and began to limit the conversation because otherwise she would she would just kind of push the little kids to the side and, you know, barrage the, the older kids with questions, you know, how school has this, how, you know, and they begin to realize this has nothing to do with her wanting us to communicate with our kids. It's her wanting to communicate, communicate with us. Now, how long were, was she their stepmom? Seven years. See, I kind of, that's, that's a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that if for some reason David and I split up now, I would still want to talk to the kids. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a good relationship with them and particularly if they're adults or, or are nearing adulthood, you're probably going to have that anyway. When my, when my dad and my second stepmother split up, I did continue to communicate with her for a very long time. And that was my choice because because I had become very close to her. I am forced to communicate with his with his with my first stepmom because I have a sister by her. Um, I, I really don't like to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were married the first time for two years. They actually remarried again and were, were remarried the second time for about four years. Um, and I never wanted to communicate with her either time beyond okay wow you're leaving great hit you where the good lord split you and move on (laughs) Um, (laughs) so the the older kids i think would would want to communicate with me if something happened to their dad they've come right out and said that i think probably even my son would communicate with with my husband um they have a very good relationship they they get along great um they thoroughly enjoy picking on me together so <laughs> I, I think with i think with older kids that that's easier to do with younger not so much um if she had had a good relationship with these with these two older steps even back then yeah i could understand maybe all three of them wanting to communicate right but she didn't have a good relationship with them. She was very domineering. She treated them in their own words like we were her personal slaves. Um, she would rather lay up in bed all day and let us take care of the little kids. You know, we were built in babysitters. Um, everything we did, we did wrong and we didn't do enough. And, you know, they, they just had all kinds of problems with her. So they don't want to continue that relationship. Right. If they had had a good relationship with her, then yeah, they probably would. Yeah, I know. Um, I was thinking about it after I said it. You figure the kids were what, I'm guessing, ages like seven or so, seven to 14 when they were together. Yeah, something like that, yes. Yeah, and... At that age, no. It's, I think it's up to the kids. It is. It would just be awkward otherwise. You're right. You're right. The times that I have had to deal with, with my first stepmother, my sister's mother, um, I mean, even to this day, it's just like, ooh, I don't want to deal with her, you know. Mm-hmm. She's, she's just not somebody that, that I would choose as a friend outside of the dynamics that brought us together. Um 
and she's my sister's mother. I, I don't disparage her because of that relationship with my sister. Uh, my sister knows that, that none of her siblings on our dad's side really cared for her as a stepmother. She knows that. She's, she's told us that. So she doesn't try to force that situation, you know. Yeah. You know, we just like, yeah, okay, there you go. Nice to see you. Bye now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got really an interesting blend because, like I said, you've got the two bio moms. Right. Then you being a stepchild to two stepmoms. Actually three. I did have a, I did have a third stepmom. Yeah. So I had a great relationship with her. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I did have a great relationship with her. Um, I, did, I did with the with the second and third. Man, she um, got more steps than a two story house. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you know if we get into like my whole family, my three older brothers, you know, they're all stepdads. You know, I mean, we we've there's just there's there's step blending all over my family. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty crazy. So. Yeah. Now, so you have the stepsister. Is it just one stepsister from these, however many stepmoms? I have one half sister. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we don't even do the, you know, the half and all that. You know, she, we, she's just our sister. You know, um, I, as you know, my mom just died back in February, and she, she loved my sister, and my sister loved her, and they used to call one another reverse mom, reverse stepmom, and reverse stepdaughter because. You know, they came after, you know, the divorce of my mom and dad. She came after that. And, and so they had a really cute oh, yeah. trip. And, and, you know, she, she people would say, oh, is that your other daughter? She's like, well, not biologically, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think if she would have said, that's my reverse stepdaughter, they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. but uh, You've personally experienced a lot. And being a paralegal, you see a lot. So you're yeah. like just this mountain of knowledge. <laughs> I'm uh I, I don't know about that. I don't know that I'm a mountain <laughs> of knowledge. I definitely am a mountain of, of wisdom-based experience. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so glad that um, you decided to be a guest. Well, thank you. Well, David, you want to do our lightning round? Yep. I'm ready to dive in. You ready to dive in, Susan? Sure. All right, great. So, number one, <laughs> what's been, I think we already know the answer to this, but what has been the hardest part about blending for you? Bio mom. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I think you said 20 gallons of crazy in a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. That, that's it right there. Wow. That's funny. I love I love your phrases or whatever. What do you call them? And I and I am and I am not one to go on mop duty either. So <laughs> <laughs> that I love it. I love it. All right, what's number two? So what's been the best advice that you've ever received about blending? Don't try to be something that you're not. You're not these kids' parents. Just just be a, a normal, average adult that takes concern of children's basic health, safety, and, and well-being and let their parents do their thing. That is great advice. Yep. Yep. All right, so the next well, question. Wait a minute. It says, who, who told you that? It says, well, that was what's be uh, the best advice you ever received. Uh -huh. Um, probably my dad. My dad told me that. My dad told me that years ago. So there you go. Great. Yep. Dad's awesome. Of course they are. <laughs> I hit David. That's where that thud was again, y'all. <laughs> and we see the head swelling. Yeah. There, there's a thud in every episode if you listen for it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a contest. Find the thud. 
All right, Susan. So if you could travel back in time, knowing what you know now, and you could talk to your younger self, what would you uh, tell yourself about blending? Gosh, I don't even remember what I answered on that one. Um, wow. I don't even know that I remember enough to tell you. Um, <laughs> we can tell you. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me. You said, yeah, yeah. you said to pay less attention to BM2. <laughs> And don't let her get under your skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, don't don't let her get under my skin. So in the beginning, she did, but yeah. yeah. So you you yeah. tell yourself to nacho her. Yes, yes, yes. I kind of did from the beginning, but but I'd be lying if I didn't say that. You know, just, oh, I just get so mad. But yeah, I'm kind of past that now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. What's she doing today? Yeah, yeah. It becomes normal. It does. Yeah. It does. And, and that's sad, but you know, it does. Yeah. It's like a um, kid with bad behavior. You expect it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're not shocked by Very it anymore. True. Right. All right. So now we know the advice that you've been given. We know the advice that you would give yourself. And now lastly, what advice would you give to others facing blending problems? Well, definitely look into Nacho Kids Academy. <laughs> <Woo -hoo. laughs> um, you know, just, just, just be yourself. Don't try to force relationships with people. Um, particularly children. Again, don't try to be something that you're not. Um, just, just relax and chill out, and and not take all this to heart. Because you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's a whole lot worse stuff going off out there in the world, and and things that can happen to you. I mean, I'll even throw another layer of of, of experience here. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I learned a heck of a lot during the last five years of being in remission from that, that, you know, sometimes you just got to stop, take a breath and say, this too shall pass. Well, congratulations on being a breast cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. well, thank you. My, my thank mom you. was as well. And I know that's hard. Um, I've started noticing a lot of friends are going through that. And oh, yes. Yes. My advice would be don't let, I don't want to say a tragedy, but don't let something like, the kids getting sick or you having breast cancer, don't let that be what makes you realize the importance of other things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's like the, um, the fives, the video of the fives that we did in the Academy. Mm -hmm. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't give it five seconds of attention right. or, exactly. you know, it's interesting though. I have to say you are not the only one that has said to not take things as personally because I think as women, we tend to do that. And we do. Yeah, we do. It's like, it's, it's not about you. We, we're being narcissistic. It ain't about us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oftentimes it's, you know, it's about your role. I know back years ago when I used to be a police officer, they tell you, look, when somebody's, you know, resisting arrest or whatever, it's not a personal thing. It's not you. It's, it's what you represent. It's the role you're in. And it's the same way with exactly. the step parent. Oftentimes it's not you as a person. It's just the role you represent that they're fighting against. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing you mentioned was, um, you know, kind of being calm and take things day by day. Exactly. We always say um, every day that you survive the blend is a day to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It is. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. Because 72% of people aren't making it. That's true. That's true. You're, every day that you're above ground, you're surviving something. Yeah. So why not apply that to to the situation of the blend of, you know, every day that I can lay my head down and say, wow, I made it through one more. Tomorrow's another day. When, when you start looking at it like that, when you start taking that perspective of why am I letting all this other, you know, this little stuff bother me? Mm -hmm. You know, why, why am I letting things that I can't control and I can't change, change me? Right. Mm -hmm. 
you can't lose yourself in this process. Yes. And that's because if you do, you're not going to be who, who your, your significant other wants. They're not going to be who you want. Don't allow all this to change who you are. Yep. And we hear that a lot too about the um, step parent be like, well, I just lost myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. And it's because they're so wrapped up in the mess. They're they're wrapped up in trying to be someone they aren't. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, part of the problem with that is that oftentimes we walk into a step family role thinking that we have to fit some type of a role that we don't know anything about. And so we're we're pushing ourselves and sometimes even our significant other, we're pushing uh, each other to do something that we think is correct. And then when it blows up in your face, then you finally realize, well, I think some people realize that they just weren't meant to be together. And, not, and honestly, that's probably not the case. Really, they just realize that they're just not understanding how to do this whole step family, blended family thing. Right. Well, and the way I look at that is, okay, it's like you accept a job and you accept a job that there's going to require some training for you in order for you to do that job. You know, even if you, even if you know the skill, you're still going to have to adjust to new coworkers, uh, perhaps new schedule, uh, new pay. That, that applies the same way when you're stepping into a blend. You've accepted this job interview and you, you've agreed to the job. You can't go into that job thinking you know everything and not face some, some backlash on that. Yeah. And putting your foot down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Allow, allow some, some training time. Allow for some time for you to get used to them, them to get used to you. Don't go in acting like you're the boss because you're not. Yeah. 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 You really need to be focused on relationships. You go into a new job acting like you're the boss. You're probably not going to be there very long. You're right. You go into a job thinking, okay, you know, let's, let's see how this goes. I'm, I'm, you know, you got to be flexible. You've got to be open-minded and you've got to know your role because if you don't, you're going to be told your role very quickly and it's not going to be the one you want. You should know your role or slow your role. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, that's a, that's a really good analogy because um, I'm very strongly opinionated and have a strong personality. You and, mean you got a big mouth? And I've got a big I mouth. Never would have that. <laughs> Shocker, I know. And, um, you know, the first year at work, you just kind of reserved and, you know, you sit back and watch. And then, you know, by year five, they're in there like, um, well, let's do this. I'd be like, that's craziest crap I ever heard. If I'd have went in saying that, they'd have been like, this girl's got to go. Yeah, but that is what you did in the marriage, though. What, went in being yeah, crazy? you came in changing stuff around the gate. But like I said, that's some of that's also on me because I was like, hey, you know, we, we get married and it's, for us, it's like you're flipping a switch. Like, okay, we're married now. You need to start doing all these things and taking all these responsibilities and all that. And not not understanding that our relationship is not the same as the kids' relationship. They don't have the same feelings and, exactly. and all that. Even people marrying that don't have kids, again, it goes back to the to the job interview and and, and job acceptance analogy. Mm -hmm. You got to go in and expect a learning curve. You just do. Yep. You know. Yeah, and it's so important to remember that you need to bond with these kids. 
And you can't bond with them being a drill sergeant or or them looking at you like, okay, you've pushed my dad out and now you're telling me everything to do. You're telling my dad what to tell me to do. You just came in and took over. And so, you know, we've talked to some of the kids about it and they, you know, they look at it like they should as, wait a minute, who are you to be doing this? Whereas now I've bonded with them and they know that when I say, hey, that was stupid, (laughs) that it's because I love them and I care about them, not because I just think they're stupid. Yeah, You're not calling them stupid. Yeah. Which is what her steps, her son does to me sometimes. I'll say something like, you know that was stupid and he'll say he called me stupid yeah i'm like i did not say you were stupid so what you did was stupid well, he's sensitive <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll get rid of that sensitivity yeah you've been trying to do that for a long time now <laughs> well susan it has been absolutely wonderful having you as a guest on our podcast yep. thank you thank you very much and we appreciate all the knowledge that you have shared and i'm sure that there will be a lot of people that get a lot of benefit benefit that's the word i was looking for <laughs> From listening to this. I hope so. If I can help anybody, I'm more than happy to. Yep, that's awesome. Well, thank you again, and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I really enjoyed talking with Susan. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting, her story and how she knew what she was getting into and how she looks at things differently and, of course, how she's the one in a million. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of moms or stepmoms out there are going, wish that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still don't know that we ever really know what we're getting into. I mean, you know, unless you're psychic and have yeah. a really good crystal ball. That's true. But I think she was certainly more prepared than, than we were. <laughs> definitely more prepared than most. And the fact that she's a paralegal definitely helps because she sees so many types of situations with blended families in her, her career field. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She knows how to handle it when things go sideways. Yeah. She can threaten lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Beat you up with the bailiff. <laughs> and did you catch that she had three stepmoms herself? I know. I wonder how many of those she run off. David, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our interview with Susan as much as we did and took some tidbits of knowledge with you. And we would like to bring up the fact that she is a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Susan is awesome. Susan said that it helped her to put things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing when, when things happen like that, how it does change. Because we you know, we had a similar incident. Not going to talk about it right now, but we had a similar incident that happened in our family that really kind of changed a lot of the way we saw things and, and treated each other. Uh, not just you and I, but you know, the extended family. Unfortunately, it takes a tragedy sometimes to bring people together or to put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, we think Susan is awesome and continues to be her mountain of knowledge to help other stepmoms. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's our show for today, folks. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and give us a review. It helps other people to find the podcast. And that is the only thing we're charging you for listening. It's just a (laughs) review. So head on over to iTunes and do that. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time, have a good one. Listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.